Welcome to Let's Talk About Books, baby, where we talk with your favorite LGBTQ author. So this is Anita Kelly, and my guest today is VK Powell. Hi there, VK. Hi, Anita. How are you? I'm great. Thank you for this invitation. It's great to be here and talk about one of my favorite subjects, books, baby. All right. We love books. We do love books. There's, there's nothing better. So, um, so VK, uh, I really appreciate you being here today. Um, and I want to start out by talking about your new release, When in Doubt. Is that right? Okay, yes, that's it. came out in June. Oh, great. Um, when in Doubt is a romantic intrigue involving a cop and a psychologist who meet on a call um, at the psychologist's condo. They see each other again because they, you know, they kind of hit it off. They like each other. But then everything goes sideways when the cop responds to an incident in an abandoned house. And I'll say no more. <laughs> okay. Thank you, because that is where I'm at in the book right now. Oh, really? <laughs> yep. That's great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so I'm so glad you didn't tell anymore. <laughs> But um, I love the characters so far. Um, it, it's uh, Lucy and Simone, right? No. Uh, no. No. <laughs> you're, you're thinking about the wrong book. Okay. Is it Simone? It's Jerry. That's it. Jerry and Simone. Jerry and Simone. Okay. You were close. That you was. Close. I know. It was a four-letter word. That ended right. <laughs> in an I. <laughs> close to J, close to L. Yeah. Yeah. So um, did you have to do like research for this? And, and if you did, like what kind of research did you do? Well, it's a cop story, so not a lot. Um, the basics of the job remain pretty much the same, even after all these years. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but I do admit that I did my first police ride-along since retiring just to make sure that the technical details were up to date. Ah, okay. All right. So That was kind of interesting. Was it? Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, technology, as it has in the world in general, has taken leaps and bounds in, in uh, the law enforcement field. And, you know, when I was there, we didn't have CAD systems. We didn't have this computer-aided dispatch systems. Yeah. We didn't have uh, body cameras. We didn't have in-car cameras or dash cam. We didn't have any of that. So it was nice to ride around and, you know, talk and, to the officer and let him explain what happens with all that and how it works. And, you know, it was, it was good. Yeah, that's great. And uh, so... You had a long, like a long career in law, law enforcement, right? I did. And and does that, I'm imagining, right, that that has had an impact on your, your writing? Well, yeah. You know what they say, once a cop, always a cop. <laughs> <laughs> is that what they say? That's what they say. And is that uh, true? In some aspects, it really is, Anita. You just, there's some things that you never forget, your way of, of, in some respects, your way of approaching the world remains the same, but a lot of things change. I mean, you know, you 
I can walk into a restaurant now and never sit with my back to the door. It's one of those things that you just never get over. I never do that anyway. That's a bad habit. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm always like clocking all the exits, trying to make sure, you know, that if I need to get out, I can get out. And really, you know, you're always sizing people up from perspectives that normal people don't even think about, you know? So Mm -hmm. anyway, so Hmm. I'm still a cop in some respects. And in some respects I've moved on because it has been quite a while, but I still write pretty much. I'm a, I'm an adage, right? What you know. Yeah. Yeah. No. My characters have, you know, issues with trust and justice and honor and family and self-image and finding love, all the things that make all of us human. Mm-hmm. But For their sure. struggles are just, you know, magnified by being in the public eye. Yeah. Yeah. So I have to ask you one of the, one of the things that I learned, um, I, I started out my career in law enforcement and one of the things I learned was like never walk on the inside of the sidewalk. And I always walk at the curb. Do you do that? It depends. Um, it depends on the situation. Okay. Quite honestly, if, if it were night and I was trying to stay in the shadows and keep from being observed, I'm going to stick to the closer to the building so I can use the shadows as cover. Oh. But during the daytime, you're probably going to be pretty close to the curb, I would think. Yeah. Okay. All right. That's, I, I totally understand those things that you just don't forget. Right. And it just becomes yeah. ingrained in you. Um, yeah, that's, uh, do, do you find that like, as the years go by, they're less ingrained and, and you, you know, find yourself changing your ways a little bit? Yeah. I think, um, I think I've mellowed a lot. Most people who know me, personally would say that I have mellowed a great deal since I retired. I'm not as intense. I'm not as anxious. I'm not, you know, I don't, I don't worry about things that used to really bother me a lot Mm -hmm. work wise. So yeah, I think, I think you do mellow. Hmm. Okay. So, um, how did you even like start writing? Like if you've had this long career in law enforcement, um, how did you get into writing crime novels and, and have you always wanted to be a, a writer? Well, I think I always have kind of been a quote writer, okay. starting with uh, journaling as a child. Wow. I mean, I like putting my thoughts on paper and I actually enjoy the physical process of handwriting, believe it or not. Do you really? Yes, I absolutely love writing things longhand. I still when I'm doing my preliminary notes for a story, I still do all that in longhand. And then I go back and type it on my computer, but I just love writing. I think it's beautiful. So, so you, you don't write out the entire novel in longhand, but just like notes. Right. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I heard a rumor that Allie Valley writes her entire novel out in longhand. Allie Valley does. (laughs) That is I don't even know how that happens. That is amazing to me. But then she's an amazing writer. What can I say? Yeah, yeah. That that, that is something. That just seems like a lot of work to me. <laughs> um, yes, me too. I don't think I could write the whole thing. It just yeah. wouldn't work for me. Yeah. But I think that, getting back to your question, I think the crime novel aspect obviously evolved from my career, okay. the write what you know thing. Mm-hmm. But then I've also found that 
you know, with all the technology and ready access to anything and everything nowadays, you can write things you don't know anything about. I mean, I've written stories featuring, let's see if I can remember, an attorney, spy, philanthropist, reporter, a psychic, forensic artist, a stem cell researcher, homeless person, an architect, a veterinarian, social worker, medical doctor, DEA, SBI, and FBI agents, and military forces. Wow. And I was only able to do that through research because, you know, I didn't know anything about those things, but I really enjoy learning new stuff. And I think that's a bonus of being a writer, plus the great people you meet along the way. Yeah, it's yeah, true. It's true. Do you, um, I'm hearing an echo. So do you um, find that you um, have to go to the library to do research or do you do, do it mostly online from the convenience of home? I do it mostly online. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. And if I, and if I have specific questions that I don't think are covered in literature, I try to find an expert. Like when I wrote about the forensic artist, um, I actually researched online to find the foremost forensic artist in the country and called this lady and asked her if she'd be willing to talk to me. And she did. Awesome. Yeah, wow. it was really interesting. I really, you know, I really appreciated her time. Yeah, that is great. That's a, that, that's pretty, I'll say that's a pretty ballsy move on your part too. <laughs> Right? Well, you got to do what you got to do, you know? Uh-huh. <laughs> so um, do your former, like, law enforcement colleagues know about your writing career? Well, some of them know, and some of them actually read my work. Wow. I think, I think they're kind of afraid to ask me if they're a character. <laughs> I was going to ask you that. <laughs> <laughs> because I, I sometimes make people who weren't so nice in my former career bad guys in my books. <laughs> <laughs> they so, don't want to know. They don't want to know. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. So, <laughs> so um, you know, you have a series out, right, called the Fairview Station Series. Um, I do. Can you tell us about that? And is that based on anything in your real life career as a law enforcement yes. officer? Yes. Actually, this is my only series so far, and I thank Radcliffe for that idea. Ah. I was uh, a little bit burned out with the police procedural, and uh, she suggested that I write about cops, but not necessarily a crime story. So, great idea. Job, yeah, that's what I thought. That's why she's the boss. <laughs> Don't tell her that. <laughs> yeah, really. Part of my job uh, as an assistant chief included helping design and update the first police substation in our city. So I used that as the setting and added a family with a long history of police services characters and Fairview Station and the Carlisle clan were born. <laughs> that's great. I love that series. You know, I really I do. So much fun to write too. It really Aww. just was a release I needed at that particular time. Oh, that's awesome. And so there are three books in that series, right? The the Captain's Choice. Correct. Uh second in command. 
Right. And the the last one is line of duty? That's correct. All right. And will there be any more? I don't think there are going to be any more in that series yet. I've run out of daughters. (laughs) (laughs) I could do a granddaughter or something or, I don't know, niece. Something down the road. But I I have to say the... um, my book that's coming out in February called Deadly Secrets actually has a bit of Bennett Carlisle from Captain's Choice. So. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Some of the Carlisle clan come back into play in that story. Okay. So that's due out uh, in 2022, right? Right. February. Yes. February. Okay. All right. We will look for that one. Um, yep, and and it, go ahead. It's currently with my editor and will come back to me for a few changes, I'm sure, before it comes out in February. It's a bodyguard trope involving a corporate whistleblower and a recently retired Army major. Wow, that sounds great. It was exciting to write to. Was it really? <laughs> yeah, it really was. And did you have to do like a lot of research for that or were you more familiar with the military? And Yeah, there were a few things I had to to research in the military in the army but uh not a whole lot there was more involved in the um the corporate whistleblower actually works for a an aluminum production company ah okay and i had to do a lot more research into that aspect of it so yeah that's not something that just you know off the top of your head you're like oh yeah i know about aluminum production right Uh, exactly (laughs) what I like I like to learn new things and you know it just makes it so much more interesting to write when you have to find out new stuff yeah it does I I even like to I do a lot of teaching and I I love to teach on subjects that I don't even I'm not even familiar with because it forces me to learn new things through teaching you know um right I imagine it's the same process in writing Mm -hmm. it certainly is exactly right so are any of your storylines like really personal to you in that they were more of like maybe I'll say a lived experience from your law enforcement days? Well, I think I think uh, every story is personal to the author mm-hmm. because you put so much of yourself into it, your experiences, your feelings, your beliefs. Um, but yes, yeah, some of my stories are based on actual events and some are inspired by them you know you never know the smallest tidbit can spark a story idea yeah yeah no you're right yep uh that makes sense um you know i was just thinking i don't know why but i was just thinking of your your book called uh lone ranger Uh uh-huh was that uh, yeah I, i really like that one um and that was not your typical right law enforcement person that was um like a forest ranger a forest ranger, yes, it was a park ranger. And that story, um, that story, along with When in Doubt, the one that you're currently reading, mm-hmm. were books that I wrote years ago and hid in a drawer on, as it were, on a computer file. No way. And <laughs> no way. Yes, it happened. Wow. How did this go? I was just going through my files one day when I was looking for the next idea and I saw this folder that said pending projects and I started looking and I went, oh my God, I have two almost finished books here. 
So I pulled Lone Ranger out and started reading it. And I wrote that many, many years ago when I used to pack up my huge computer tower when they were as big as a house and schlep it up to the mountains, little lakeside cabin and go up there for a week and just write and, you know, do nothing. And that's when I wrote that story and I found it. But let me just tell you, Anita, Mm -hmm. rewriting an old story is much more difficult than writing a new one. (laughs) You know, I can totally see that. Definitely. Um, Yeah. You'd have to go back and make a lot of changes depending on the number of years that have gone by. Um, And hopefully, I mean, not everyone would agree, but hopefully I've grown in my writing style over the years. Yes. (laughs) Yes, definitely. Uh, you know, um, and and I can see how that would be difficult to go back. Like you liked the storyline, you you know the 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 concept you were writing about, but uh, as you grow have grown as a, or you know an artist, um, your craft has grown and changed. And mm-hmm. yeah, I, I would I would think it would kind of be a pain in the butt to go back and change. It kind of was. <laughs> <laughs> And then I did it not once, but twice. Yeah, boy. <laughs> I think I'm just a slow learner. Who knows? <laughs> wow. Well, I'm glad you did because I totally loved Lone Ranger and I am uh, enjoying When in Doubt. So, <laughs> thank you very much. Yeah, I'm glad you did that. So, how many books do you have out altogether? Do you know? Uh, I think When in Doubt was number 17. I've got 18, as I said, with my editor right now. I think that's right. Okay. That's a lot. That's a lot of books. Yeah, it's, a, it's okay, you know. <laughs> so some did, years I do two, some years I only do one. So, you know, it varies, but I'm happy with it. I, I, I love it. Yeah. How do you do two in a year? That seems like a lot, like, uh, you know, if you have a, a, a full-time gig in law enforcement and writing two books a year. Um... Well, I didn't start writing until after I retired. Oh, you didn't? No. no, oh, no, no, no. I didn't know that. I've been retired for many, many years. So, okay. you know, it you was must, my full-time gig. You must have started young then. I did. I was a child. Yes, <laughs> I thought so. <laughs> yes, I retired very early and I'm happy that I did. Oh, that's great. That's nice. So you retired and you write full time. Yes, but I don't write all the time. Okay, so you don't write every day. God, how I wish I could say that I do. I I really admire friends who do that. I'm what you call a splurge writer. Okay. I write when the inspiration strikes, and once I start, I go until the manuscript is finished. Uh, but it could be months between projects for me. But when I'm not writing, mm-hmm. I'm either thinking about my next idea or reading about writing, trying to improve my craft. So, you know. Oh, that's good. So you're... Pretty much a full-time job. It is. It is. And, you know, I think it's it's really difficult, especially, like, if you're, you know, um, active in law enforcement to, to write, like, I don't know, in your off time just uh it almost seems impossible to me like and i know um uh maggie cummings uh you know she was doing Mm -hmm. that um i don't know if she's she's still in law enforcement but you know like uh 
and she has a family, you know, she has kids mm-hmm. and a wife. And I'm just like, I, I can't imagine how she finds the time. I don't, I don't either, Anita. I really don't see how people with full-time jobs and families and all that can write books. I mean, even one to me would be, would be hard to do with that kind of activity going on all the time. Yeah. And especially like, I think in, in, you know, careers like law enforcement were uh, darn stressful, you know, Mm -hmm. and, Mm -hmm. and is that a way to unwind, um, but then, you know, if you're writing crime, crime novels, you're right back in it, you know? Right, exactly. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, so what what would you say um, is one of your more difficult scenes to write? Oh. Mm. Well, I hate to admit this, but writing sex scenes is always difficult for me. <laughs> is it really? <laughs> always. And what, what makes it difficult? Fun. Well, there are only so many body parts, uh-huh. so many ways to have sex, uh-huh. so many ways to describe it mm-hmm. without being repetitive. Yeah, I could see that. I mean, I'll procrastinate for days to avoid writing a sex scene. Okay. All right. I could see that. I could see that. You know, it's kind of like uh, they all kind of start to sound the same after a while, right? Yes. Uh, okay. All right, I could that's, see that. That's hard for me. I've heard I've heard several authors say that you know the same thing. It's just it's just hard. Yeah, yep. I can understand. Got to give it give it a new flair. Mm-hmm. Huh. So, so VK. Um, yes. <laughs> I have heard through the grapevine that. Never believe things. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's always a touch of truth to that. <laughs> Um, I have heard, uh, that you and Carson Tate have been referred to as law and order because, right, you write, um, or she writes the law books, right, about the lawyer and you write Mm -hmm. the order books about folks who are maintaining that order. Um, Mm -hmm. and... So have you ever considered collaborating with her on a book or have you ever done a book together? Well, I thought it was law and disorder. Ah. I <laughs> you decided it was which. That's what I used to tell her. Wouldn't that be fun? I think that would be fun. We have a great time together. Yeah. But uh, Carson's really, really busy and I spend a lot of time abroad now. Okay. And let me think. I don't. I don't believe we've seen each other in over two years. Wow, that's a long time. Probably because of the pandemic, I guess. So a collaboration isn't on the books, but who knows about the future? All right. Well, we're I mean, gonna we're gonna start the rumor now. You start that rumor. That'd right. be lovely. <laughs> <laughs> just make sure everybody knows it came from you <laughs> okay i'll take carson tate on this one too <laughs> yeah, really. busy. uh-huh i know she's a slacker anyway oh right talk about i don't know how you can write two books a year she probably writes three or four at least a year i mean we have several several authors that do that and i so admire their ability to do that because i wish i could be that prolific but i just I'm just not. So when you say that, you know, you, you splurge, right. Does that mean that like you'll sit down and start writing and you'll write until it's like finished. Like you will just totally concentrate on that. 
Absolutely. Once I get, I start, you know, when I get an idea, I start gathering facts and I have little notebooks that I put all the stuff down that may possibly pertain to this story. I write character studies. I write um, belief systems. I write backstory. I write an entire superstructure outline kind of thing of the story as I go along. And then when I finally do sit down to write the story, I mean, I'll just go and I'll just keep going for days and days until I'm finished. Wow. That's amazing. So, and then I'll, there could be months between that I don't write, Mm -hmm. but when I start, I finish it. That's great. And how long usually does it take you to, to complete a book? Oh, for me, maybe three, four months. Okay. That's, that's a short amount of time. Well, if I've got everything in order and I, you know, pretty much follow my outline, which sometimes I do and sometimes I don't. <laughs> <laughs> so um, you are the first author that I've ever heard mention a belief system. Ah. That's, I think that's unique. Can, no. No? You think other authors do that? Oh, I think they have to. I think I think it's an integral, integral part of your character's life and backstory is what they bring to the story, what they believe in, mm-hmm. um, because those beliefs will be challenged in the story in order for them to grow. Mm-hmm. So I think even though they don't talk about it, I think they all are aware of it. And I think it's it has to be included. Mm-hmm. Maybe um, they just don't do that more of a formal process like you um, well I'm very I'm one of those what we call an outliner okay and they're pantsers yeah <laughs> and they're planners mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I plan everything I have a beautiful outline and I like to often say that it lasts about three chapters and then characters go off on a tangent they have a mind of their own a mind of their own but at least I have a some kind of outline or form that I can kind of bring them back to and keep myself on track. I don't know how pantsers can just sit down and write off the top of their head. I could not do that. So when you say you, you have an outline, do you have an outline for each chapter? Like you say, well, chapter one, this is going to happen. Chapter two, this is going to happen. No, I I basically outline the story and try to do all the story beats, you know, Mm -hmm. and have that kind of in an outline. I don't know if it'll be in chapter form. It often is not. But, um, yeah, I just have a basic outline of the growth of the story and the characters. Okay. And and you do, um, like, do you do a formal write-up of your character development? Yes. Okay. And do you fall back on that? Yeah, I do. Sometimes I'll find myself getting off track and I'll say, okay, what would, what would she do in this circumstance? Am I projecting my own beliefs here or... Is this true to the character? Mm-hmm. That's a great idea to write it all down. And then you have a reference to go back to and kind of keep yourself in check. Yeah. Especially, especially as you get older, you need reminders. <laughs> <laughs> nah, who needs reminders? Just wing who it. Needs <laughs> notes everywhere. I know. Gosh, I forget why I walked into a room half the time. <laughs> yeah. So. So do you have like um, a specific writing space, you know, or a space in your house that's dedicated to writing and, and maybe only writing? 
Um, I do. My um, my condo is on the twelfth floor, facing east, and I have a recliner positioned to look out the floor to ceiling windows to the skyline. Nice. And that's where I sit. My writing reference books are to the left on a little rolling cart. My laptop is next to that on an ottoman. And I always, always, always have a cup of coffee on a table to my right. Nice. My feet have to be up in the air and it has to be completely quiet. Really? Yep. That's me. That sounds like you have a little writing nook. I do. I have a little writing nook. Exactly right. I envy friends who can write anywhere, anytime. Yeah. But that's not me. Yeah. You know, I, um, I think it was Nell Stark who actually like really made me think about this and made me aware of this because she was talking about writing on her train ride into the city to go to work. And I was like, what? Like, (laughs) how is that possible? I would be so busy watching people looking around like Mm there is no way I could do that. Yep, It's just the noise that would that would uh, distract me. I couldn't think. Yeah, but I, I admire people that can do that. I really do. Yeah, and people who have like the TV going, and you know, um, or music, they can listen to music. Yeah, you know, some authors um, will create a a a list, right? Like a uh, a song list uh, for uh-huh. each novel. Yeah. God, I wish I could do that because I love music, but I just. I can't listen to it while I'm working. You know, I I could probably listen to music, but I'm thinking, like, what would happen if the playlist just didn't go along with the story anymore? Like, you know, like <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, I'm just not feeling this. Uh huh. Uh huh. Like, because music, I think, um, for me anyway, it it evokes emotion, right? And so, <laughs> if I want the story to go one way, and the music's like not not pulling that out of me not cooperating yeah yeah I can see that would be a problem so um what you said you have been spending a lot of time abroad so when you're abroad no writing for you just uh hanging out enjoying life oh yes I write absolutely oh okay great I mean the joy of writing is that you can do it anywhere yeah nice so yeah I absolutely do that I um have done several house sits in, in the UK and in Australia. And each time I was able to knock out a book. So, you know, that was great. Oh, that's awesome. That's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so would you ever bring um, those surroundings into a book? I have. Yeah. What was that? Well, the first one on a trip was Fever, my third book that I wrote uh, about Africa. I went on a 10-day safari trip to Africa, Kenya, and surrounds. And while I was there, I took notes and, and uh, you know, made sure that everything that I could possibly want to remember about sights and sounds and smells and places and settings, you know, was all in my little notebook. And then when I got back, I wrote this story about being in Africa. Wow. That's awesome. And uh, how about... And Incognito Mm -hmm. was uh, one that I finished while I was in Australia that has some Australian setting in it. Okay. 
let's see. I think that might be the only one yet or so far, only once so far. Okay. I'm not sure I read incognito. That doesn't ring a bell. Um, I think I have, I thought I read all of yours. Um, I always read yours. Um, Thank you. Yeah, no, you're, you're one of my favorites. You're so nice. Thank you. <laughs> no, you're so good. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, incognito was, um, was the one just before line of duty. It kind of went in between second in command and line of duty at my Fairview station. Okay. All right. Like three books ago. Okay. All right. Um, you know, I sometimes forget that I've read books because I read probably a couple books a week and wow. yeah, like I just like back to back and sometimes like I just forget. I'm like, Oh yeah, I did read that. Like when something will jar my memory, you know? Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but in the moment, you know, like I'm um, so into it and 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 loving it. Um, but uh, yeah, I just move on too quickly, I guess, and not really absorb it. <laughs> yes. So, um, so so VK next out, right? Uh, what I'm hearing is, um, when is it? February of twenty twenty two, called right. Deadly Secrets. Secrets. Correct. And then, and just out uh, in June was When in Doubt. And those are both with Bold Stroke Books, right? That's correct. And, yes. and they're available through Bold, Bold Stroke's website or wherever people buy their books. LGBT exactly. books, right? Okay. They're, awesome. all, um, they're all in paperback, ebook, and Audible. Oh, great. Audible. That's uh, really. Uh, kind of a new venture uh, for the for bold strokes, isn't it? It is. Um, Rad's been doing this for quite a while, and and seems to be great. I mean, people love it. It's yeah. you know the next step in our fast paced world, I guess. Yeah, you're so right. Yeah, definitely. Um, and uh, I I appreciate it when I'm mowing the lawn on my lawn tractor, and uh, it's you know it's a great way to get the lawn mowed. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, That's exactly right. Yeah, yeah, it's nice. It helps helps that time go. Um, so, um, VK, uh, do you like to hear from your readers? Oh, I love to hear from readers. I really do. Every author loves to hear from readers. You know, you work and you put these books out there into the world, and and then it's kind of like, uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's just great to hear from people. You know, whether they whether they like the book or weren't crazy about the book or whatever. I love to hear from people and I will always, always answer them back. Oh, that's so nice. Yeah. A lot, a lot of authors won't do that. That's, that's super. Well, if folks take the time to read my work, I mean, why would you not contact them back? I mean, mm -hmm. their time is valuable. And if they choose to spend some of that with, with me and my characters, then the least I can do is respond to them and, and respect their, you know, their time. Yeah, that's so nice. That's great. So how would your readers and, and our listeners uh, contact you? Well, I'm on Facebook, or uh, they can contact me by email, powellvk at gmail.com. Powellvk at gmail.com. All right. That's me. I'm not really an Instagram or TikTok person, but 
Okay. Facebook and my emails are about all I can handle. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I, I still don't know how TikTok works. I don't know. <laughs> no, me either. I don't really trust all that. No, no, no. I'll, I'll stick with Instagram and Facebook. So it's kind of, they're, they're kind of like the old people's, uh, you know, social media platforms. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> me, me. Me too. Me too. It's it's okay. It works, right? It works. That's right. Yeah. So, um, any parting words for our our listeners today? Well, I just you know thank everybody for for reading my books and for getting in contact and you know for just being out there for all authors you know who spend their time trying to entertain and and get the work done. I really do appreciate folks. And I appreciate you, especially, and folks like you who try to get our work out there into the wider audiences. I really do appreciate it. Anita, thank you. Hey, thanks. You guys work hard. People should know about what you're doing, you know? We do work hard. You do. <laughs> Absolutely. And it's and it's great. You know, I, I, I think about, um, you know, when I was younger and how much it meant to you know, to, to read about people like me and have them, you know, in stories. And, you know, I, I know, um, you know, a lot of younger people don't have that or don't even know about it. So it, it's good yeah. to get the word out and it's good for, for people to know about it, you know, um, exactly. see yeah. themselves in stories. So, yeah. well, thank you so much for being with us today, VK. Um, it was so nice talking with you and I really appreciate it. And you are welcome back anytime. We would love to have you back on the show. Um, so Thank just, you yeah, just let me know when you, you know, you're in, in the country and, uh, <laughs> we can make that happen. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much, Anita. Yeah. Thank you. So, uh, listeners, that's all the time we have for today. And I'm Anita Kelly. And thanks for joining. Let's talk about books. And thanks again to VK Powell for joining us. So until next time, may your journey be lighthearted. Peace be plenty and be safe, folks.